Welcome to episode 79 of the Travel and Adventure Photography School podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rara Massey. Thank you so much for listening today. I am truly stoked that you are taking some time to improve your photography. This podcast is part of the educational arm of my photography business, Robert Massey Photography. We focus on crafting beautiful images in the great outdoors, and we sell a variety of prints of mountains, lakes, Calgary, Banff, and beyond. Now check out all the photos we have available alongside the show notes for this episode on robertmasseyphotography.ca. All right, let's get into the show. So this week, we are going to stray a little bit from the direct photography conversation and talk a bit more about something that affects many creatives, imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persist despite evident success. For photographers, this can start presenting itself when you start taking on jobs, selling prints, working with clients, getting a show, or even just posting work on Instagram. It's those moments and feelings of being a fraud and not being the one who people should be looking to to do this or that you have no right to be where you are and posting images and creating content. Now, I'm sure most of us have heard that little voice in our heads at some point. Why are you doing this? You have no right to do this. Who wants to see your work? You're a fraud, etc., etc., etc. These are thoughts that creep up on nearly everybody at some point in their creative work. But what can you do about it to help overcome these feelings? Well, that's what we are going to talk about today. So, to start, so we're all working from the same page, the Harvard Business Review has a fantastic description for imposter syndrome. Imposters suffer from chronic self-doubt and a sense of intellectual fraudulence that override any feelings of success or external proof of their competence. They seem unable to internalize their accomplishments however successful they are in their field. High-achieving, highly successful people often suffer, so imposter syndrome doesn't equate with low self-esteem or a lack of self-confidence. That's the Harvard Business Review's look at what imposter syndrome kind of is. And anyone can feel like an imposter at any point in their lives. And typically, the more successful you get, the more people begin to feel like an imposter. Especially if they don't deal with the emotions when they first start to crop up. At the start, the feelings of being an imposter can be little things that don't seem to make an impact on your day-to-day or on your day-to-day creativity. But the more often these feelings come up, the more they start to affect your mental health and your creativity. I've dealt and I'm dealing with imposter syndrome a lot regarding pretty much every aspect of my creative life. It's a running theme in my head, and that's why I think it is so vital to talk about it on here. Now, let's start with some of the ways that imposter syndrome can present itself in your life so you know kind of what you're looking for or you can identify it when you're kind of looking at the way you think. Now, the most obvious one and the easiest to identify is when you feel like a fake. This is the apparent form of imposter syndrome. You feel like you don't deserve success and that you have somehow faked your way into something. There's a consistent feeling that you will be found out. But even though this is the most common way that imposter syndrome presents itself, it's not the only way. Unfortunately, there's plenty of others. One of the most complex is feeling like you cannot fail. Otherwise, you will be found out. If you fail, you'll be found out. Most people understand that a single failure isn't the end of the road. They learn from it and keep going. However, those who suffer from imposter syndrome feel one slip-up, one mistake, and it will cost them everything. They will be discovered as an imposter and cast aside. So they must succeed, almost at all costs. However, and this is the tricky bit, 
Success can quickly become an issue as well as being successful brings visibility and responsibility in more eyes, which means even smaller margins for failure and even bigger sense that you will be found out and increases that sense of imposter syndrome. So really, if you don't fail, it makes imposter syndrome worse, not better. Now, this is different than perfectionism. Um, They are presented very differently, but you can often find people who are perfectionists who also have some form of imposter syndrome going on as well, but they don't necessarily equate to each other. So a third way you may recognize imposter syndrome is actually an inability to recognize and celebrate your own successes. This frequently comes in hand with the previous one we just talked about, as imposters tend to downplay any of their successes. They attribute their success to anything except their own skills, their own knowledge, and their own expertise, because they're not meant to be there. So, of course, they couldn't have possibly done it for themselves, so they can't be the ones celebrating their success. They attribute pretty much anything to their success, to luck, tasks being accessible and easy, the people around them, pretty much anything except themselves. They also tend to be the hardest on their successes, using unrealistic measurements to quantify what success means, and as such, never hitting those goals. So they will never be successful, so there's nothing to really celebrate. And if they aren't successful, they can't be found out as frauds, and it plays into the whole imposter syndrome mindset pretty quickly. By unrealistic measurements, I mean you're posting a photo on Instagram and you have 68 followers and you're saying that you need the same kind of engagement that Chris Picard with three point some odd million followers is going to get. That's completely unrealistic to have those expectations. And tying into that third way, a fourth way you may encounter imposter syndrome is to feel like everything you have or do is down to luck. Imposters won't recognize their own skill, but instead attribute any success they have to luck or other outside influences. Those are kind of four ways that imposter syndrome kind of presents itself in front of people. And if you're someone like me, you can see all four of these happening fairly routinely, unfortunately, in your day-to-day life. Or you may only recognize one of these things happening to you or to somebody around you that you know or that you really care about. But what does recognizing imposter syndrome actually mean? Like, why does this make a difference? Well, Most people will feel a crisis of confidence at some point in their life. It's basically impossible not to. But imposter syndrome goes beyond that. This isn't really a momentary lapse in confidence. It's an almost continuous niggling thought in the back of your head that is telling you you're not meant to be where you are. And it can completely derail your work, cause panic problems, question your creative choices, and completely derail creative projects. Trust me, I know firsthand. It is one of the biggest reasons that I see for why so many amazing creatives never get their work out in front of people, and they don't get the recognition for it that they deserve. They let their feelings of being an imposter derail their fantastic work, and instead of being as huge and massive and as popular as they can be, they kind of sit in the shadows a little bit. And unfortunately, even once you get going on projects, you have to fight feelings of being an imposter pretty much continually. It's not a one-and-done conversation. It's something that will continue to rear up and bite you and sometimes bite you hard. So you need to be ready for it and have strategies in place to cope with it when that happens. Imposter syndrome doesn't just suddenly go away one day. It takes a lot of work and a lot of effort to at least even tamper it down a little bit and have strategies to deal and cope with it. And hopefully one day the little voices will go away and stop niggling at you, but... It takes a lot of effort and a lot of time. 
So whether your inner imposter is constantly biting you or whether it only rears up every once in a while, what can you do about it? There are strategies that you can do to help yourself. Firstly, I'm not a psychologist. I have zero training here, and I'm only going to tell you what some of the research says about imposter syndrome and what I find works for me. The first thing I'd fully suggest you do if imposter syndrome is a problem for you is to seek out proper therapy. And this is, goes for any mental health issue going on. I would fully suggest you go and you talk to somebody who has training in this. It can revolutionize your life. This is the only way to find the tools that will work specifically for you. That being said, if therapy isn't your thing, if you don't have money to it, if you don't have access to it, if you don't have time for it or whatever else, or if you're even just looking for a few tools to help out with your own mental health, there are some things that most researchers and a few things that work for me tend to say help combat imposter syndrome. So firstly, you need to recognize when you are having these feelings. You need to identify and put words to the imposter syndrome when it arises. Say to yourself, that's my imposter and I'm not going to listen. Or use a little trick from meditation and just note the feeling rather than addressing it. Just say imposter when those thoughts start coming up and continue on. Don't address the thoughts at all. Just keep going. This isn't a fix-all by any means, but it is a first step to recognizing these feelings when they arise. And awareness is the first step to making a big change. Next, you need to consider the context of your feelings. When these imposter thoughts appear, look at them in context. Are they rationally justified? Where did they come from? There are moments when you won't feel 100% confident. That's life. So is this the feeling of the imposter? Is it a lack of confidence? Or are they the same thing in this situation? Thirdly, rewrite the way you think. This is one of the most critical steps in dealing with imposter syndrome. You need to rewire how you think about yourself. This is a long and challenging process that involves carefully watching how you think about yourself and altering your internal monologue, especially when it starts going down imposter holes. If you catch yourself thinking something like, they're going to find me out, or they hired the wrong person for this job, or anything like that when you know rationally you were the right person for that job and that you have the skills and you have the education for it. You need to call yourself out on having those thoughts and switch your thinking to it's normal not to know everything. No one does. And also be kind to yourself. This is a difficult process. Analyzing your internal dialogue can be exhausting and painful. You will slip up and that's okay. Just keep moving forwards and progressing little by little by little. But you need to do so with kindness towards yourself. All right, and lastly, speak up and seek out others. Talking about your feelings with friends, colleagues, mentors, and professionals can be a daunting task. It's terrifying to admit when you have something going on that, that you don't necessarily want other people to know about. Very few people like talking honestly about their feelings but it is essential in this process. I'm a firm believer in the idea of clear, open, and honest communication because there may be others who feel the same way and it's better to have an open dialogue rather than harbor negative thoughts within yourself. So seek out others, tell people you can trust what's going on for you and it will make a world of difference. Imposter syndrome can drastically alter your life. It can prevent opportunities, stop creative flow, and it just generally sucks. This is not a fun voice that sticks around in your head that lets you enjoy life. It stops a ton of the amazing things that we get to do. 
And for me anyway, it causes a lot of persistent anxieties and some other issues that can arise, especially around creative work. And unfortunately, a lot of creatives suffer from imposter syndrome. Now, if you're one of those, I feel you. It's a rough situation, but it's one you can help make better by using some of these tips and these ideas that we just talked about. And reach out to friends or other people you can trust and talk to them about how you are doing. This is one of the most powerful things you can do, being open and honest about what is going on with you. All right, I know we went fast through that. So if you want to see the whole list from this episode, go and check out the show notes at robertmasseyphotography.ca. There's all the little tricks and ideas we just talked about in there, as well as some descriptions on how imposter syndrome can arise that you can go back and look at and kind of analyze and break down. And if you think this is something that's affecting you, go and find the right person to talk to. Go and find a therapist in your area and have a conversation about it. Who knows? It could drastically improve your creative flow. All right. If you ever want to drop me a line on Instagram, you can do it about Robert Massey Photography. And honestly, let me know how things are going for you. We can chat about what you want to learn about, how the podcast is going, how your photography is going, whatever is on your mind around the creative arts. Let's talk about it. Thanks so much for listening in today. Truly appreciate you being here. This is such an important topic. So I thank you for hanging with me right to the end. All right. Now let's go on an adventure. Bye for now.